I'm Josh Holliday, and you're listening to the Fresh Coast Podcast. On today's podcast, I'm speaking with Allison Watson, Director of the Michigan Arts and Culture Council, the statewide government agency providing funding and support to all of Michigan's 83 counties. On this podcast, we'll talk about the strategic vision for the council moving forward and the state of the arts in the Fresh Coast State. This podcast was made possible through the generous support of the Cultural Advocacy Network of Michigan, the Michigan Arts and Culture Council, and the National Endowment for the Arts. We're bringing you the latest stories and headlines on arts and culture here in the Fresh Coast State, our beautiful home in Michigan. Let's dive right in. Allison, thank you so much for joining me this morning on the Fresh Coast Podcast. Thank you, Josh, for having me. Good morning. Good morning. Well, Everyone that's listening today is in for a real treat because not only is Allison a fierce leader and advocate for arts and culture here in our state, she's also one of the funniest and most fun people that you'll know in arts and culture. And I think she has a reputation for that across the state for being the most fun arts administrator that we all know. Josh, you're making me blush. And today we're going to talk about the work that the Michigan Arts and Culture Council is doing. Um, And for those that are listening and maybe don't know, that is the former Michigan Council for Arts and Cultural Affairs. And this year, you guys went through a really awesome rebrand and a new name. Tell our listeners about that, Allison, about yourself and what the council does here in the state. Sure. So thanks again for having me. One of the things that I love most to do is talk about arts and culture in our state and, of course, the work that uh, the council itself does. So earlier this year, you're right, we went through a name change and a new branding process. So formally, we were um, the Michigan Council for Arts and Cultural Affairs and have had that name for for quite a few years. I think for many of us, we we shortened it down to Makaka. And that was just a word that all of us sort of cringed when we heard it, right? Uh, so we we took some time, and thanks to the leadership within our governor-appointed council, we were able to move that forward this year and, and change our name to the Michigan, uh, Michigan Arts and Culture Council. Shorten it down a little bit. Give us a great little fun acronym of MAC. Uh, We like to hold mac and cheese events in our state now. And so have a little fun with it, a little easier to roll off the tongue um, and but still keeping true to the to the work that we do. So we yes, we have a we were able to freshen up our logo this year and we're still working on that process. We also took the time to um, to update our strategic plan. Uh, focus us a little bit different on on where we're going, what we hope to accomplish, but at the same time still maintaining and being true to uh, as that state agency that is here to distribute resources across the entire state of Michigan so that every person that either lives here or visits here, the communities across our state all thrive because of the economic benefits of arts and culture, the economic the civic engagement, and of course, the educational benefits. So we still, even though we might've changed our look a little bit and our name, we're still pushing, um, making sure every citizen, every visitor in our state has those benefits. That's terrific. And Allison, for me, you have been uh, a mentor and a friend of mine since day one. I think like my second day as an arts administrator at the Arts Council of Greater Lansing, nearly a decade ago, I was meeting with you. Um, 
and you are an incredible wealth of knowledge. So kudos to you and everything you're doing here in the state. But you're, the leadership that's happening at the council is really critical. And so some folks that are listening today, you know, probably have a strong relationship with the council. But for those that don't, um, you guys are a state agency. And mm-hmm. what are some of those um, services that you guys provide to those in the field? Yeah. So, right. We are a state agency. We re- we receive state and federal appropriations to make those arts and cultural programs and projects happen. And so besides being the, the steward of those funds uh, for arts and culture, whether you're um, an arts and cultural organization, a city, township, village, a college, university, a K through 12 school, or even just a nonprofit organization in our state that wants to have some sort of arts and cultural programming as part of your of your services, we're here to help you. We're here to either help you uh, plan for that event, make some connections across uh, your community, across the state, for, write a grant to, to get funding for those. So you can think of us um, as I don't want to say a one-stop shop because we don't know it all. We only know what we know, but we what we do know, we're good at. And we we love to see projects and communities thrive um, and love to find unique ways for arts and culture to be engaged and used in community development and community setting and personal goals and understanding of oneself. So we have that component of, of, of the work that we do. We also uh, are really focused on building up young professionals and uh, young professionals through our Rising Leaders program. We have a new leaders program. So two very different programs that are looking at engaging younger adults, um, even teenagers in, in programs and opportunities that can expand their knowledge, their experience, and the confidence to be able to run uh, programs and projects. Uh, and so th- that's a great resource that's out there. Uh, we also are looking at always looking at ways to to find uh, those that have been in the field longer. How do you continue to grow as a person, as an organization? And so there's fun, we have funding available for those opportunities as well. So, you know, you think about is there is there a conference that I could attend? Is there a residency that I could be a part of? Maybe there's a workshop that you want to try you just haven't had the opportunity to. Those are other things that we like to fund as well and help get folks across this country um, to attend those events and, and be out there and build that network, build that knowledge. So, yeah. I think it's really just important to know, like if, if you're in this sector, if you are creating, you are an artist, you are a practitioner, you work in a cultural organization, you should be connected with, with you guys because you provide such a wealth of tools for people, but then there are connections as well. But, you know, whether that is a thousand dollars that you need to attend a, uh, artist's, uh, workshop, um, to participate in a conference, you can do that at the local level, or you're mm-hmm. a small nonprofit that doesn't necessarily need $30,000 right now. Cause you're growing and you're, it's a small mm-hmm. little idea and you just need a couple thousand. You guys yeah. have programs for that, but then, you know, you also support, the big organizations that people maybe have frequented since they were kids and 
the funding that you guys provide is really critical for all those organizations. Um, as somebody that's been in many of those organizations and still work <laughs> in one of those uh, every day, you know, we know that the power that those dollars have um, in the work that you guys are doing. So if you're not familiar um, or you are not connected or you're not aware of all those resources and tools, definitely connect with the council. Um, they really have a tool that's available for almost any person to pursue <laughs> or maybe for that idea that they didn't know that they were going to actually pursue but it was just a good idea that should come into our community and if we don't we'll help you figure out a way to make it work <laughs> exactly yeah well so allison you talked about this strategic plan that the council has rolled out and is giving new excitement and direction to where you guys are going um, in the year ahead and beyond um and I know one of those points is really about making sure that you guys can be the the, the orchestrator of conversation. Um, and you guys are, your staff is constantly out in the field, meeting with folks, meeting with people that are doing these projects, boots on the ground. Talk about that, the importance of these relationships and these gatherings that you guys are doing as part of the strategy that you are executing. Yeah, no, I think you're, you're right. We've, being boots on the ground changes the way that not only the council interacts with each other, but also helping to uh, find new ways for communities to interact with each other. In one of the years, so we redid our strategic plan the first time a couple of years ago. And one of the things that we kept hearing was, you guys have, you guys travel the state, you have so much knowledge, you meet so many people, and you need to find a way to share that information out. And so one of the things that we've been really committed to, and we reaffirmed it with our newest update of our strategic plan, is that we have to be out on the ground, that we have to be out finding ways to not only bring people together, we jokingly have the, the mac and cheese events at our count, with our quarterly council meetings. Yeah, we all chuckle and laugh, but I'll tell you what, they're amazing when you have when, when we come to town and we can we can send out this invit invitation to folks on all different aspects of the community, and there's hundreds of people that come out for an hour, hour and a half, just to talk and network about arts and culture. And so knowing that, that the mac and cheese events are, are fun and, and playful, but it gets people together, we're committed um, in this next year to do that in every single one of our regions. So we currently break down the state into 14 different regions across um, geographically. And it's, and we work with partners within each one of those re, uh, those regions through our regional regranting program. Uh, happy to talk more about that if anybody has interest. Uh, but those are local organizations that we work with that uh, we have funding set aside for that region, for projects, for professional development, for schools. And so working with those regional regranters, we're gonna start having regional meetings at least one a year in each region. That's not only gonna bring together arts and culture, but we're gonna work to um, start, start working with our Michigan Economic Development Corporation partners um, in, in the division called the Community Development Managers. We're gonna start working uh, in inviting our friends at the Veterans Affairs Program. They too have regions similar set up to ours. They call them VCATs. So again, there's, you know, as we're, we're, we're trying to be, you know, practice what we preach, right? We want people to get together and organize. We need to do those same things. And so us reaching out and finding 
who else has regions similar to us that we can bring everybody together at the table and start having conversations about what amazing place it is, what are some opportunities they have, and what are things that are already happening that we can start plugging into. So uh, that's one of the things that um, that we're going to be working on really hard this coming this coming year. And out of that is is telling those stories. Uh, Josh, it's you're a great partner in that. We love it. Um, but how can we, you know, how can we continue to to find and tell the stories uh, that how of how arts and culture is impacting the individual as well as communities? You know, this, you know, I think it's sometimes, sorry, it's some, I think sometimes, you know, arts and cultural organizations know how to tell the story. They do amazing things and they have these beautiful brochures and and things about the programs and the exhibits and the concerts that they have coming up, which are are lovely. That's what gets us there, right? But I think then we need to tell the story that comes after that of what happens to that person that maybe stumbled across it. And that was their first event that they ever attended. And how do you get them to come back? And, and did they have excitement and share that with others? Or what about the person that has been a seasoned subscriber for the last 20 years to our events and programs? And why do they continue to be that seasoned subscriber? What gets them motivated to want to come out and support? And those are the story. I mean, that's, that's the fun stuff, right? I mean, that's that gets to why we all do this work that we do and why we're passionate about it is we want that one person to be sparked by that same passion we have. And so how can we tell those stories? You know, talking about the critical work that's happening on the ground level is key. And, and one of the focuses that the council has always had has been to be in every community, in every county geographically. And that has been a focus of your work and the ways in which you give out dollars and strategize about how to build those relationships. Talk about the power and the effects that you maybe have seen on the state by ensuring that there are dollars in as many or all of the counties um, each year through the work you guys are doing. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I love our state. Uh, I truly do. I mean, you from from tip to tip, depending on whatever north or south, east or west, however you go, uh, it's a it's a it's an amazing state, and there is when you just take the time and drive across it, the difference in one community to the next, it, it amazes me every time I go somewhere different. I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I not know about this in our state? <clears throat> and so for us, we have to, if we're going to be, if we're going to be a statewide agency, we one need to be on the road and two, we need to be making sure that our, the dollars that we get are turned around and put out into as many communities as we can. So we started tracking a couple, a few years ago, of uh, looking at um, how many counties we're reaching. So there's 83 counties in Michigan. We've never hit 83. One day, one day, we are going to have a year that we hit every single county. That's that's my total goal. We've gotten close. We've gotten within five of all 83 counties. Uh, but we, so we track how we're reaching the counties. We track congressional districts, well, the reaches in congressional districts. We track our Senate districts and we track our house districts. We've been, we've been able consistently for the last five years to be in every congressional district, every Senate district, and all but we've gotten to 107 out of 110 house districts. There's three, but uh, you know, those are goals for us. And when we start tracking and figure out that information, we can then look to build relationships with 
the legislator from that community, we can target and say, what, what's happening? There's got to be a library in this community that has a summer program. Is there a school in this community? What is one small way? Can it be a $500 grant to get art supplies into, the into a classroom in one of the schools in that district? Great. We will, so for us trying to, if we're as a state agency and, and that's who we are, we have to work hard to make sure that we are truly a state agency. And that means every county and make it, finding ways to make sure that every person in our state has that access. And so it's kind of, uh, it's a game with on our, on our staff. You know, every year we like to, we put up, you know, when the grants come, are coming in and we're starting to roll out the grant cycle for the year, we create a list of all of the counties. We highlight, we check, we cross check against past years. You know, who did we lose? Did we gain somebody? And then it sort of becomes a game because I'm like, all right, bonus for whoever gets this. And the bonus might be, you know, I don't know, lunch out, a bag of popcorn, a lotto ticket, you know, whatever, you know, we kind of try to make fun, make it fun and lighthearted, but we create this list and find the cross check and say, all right, who's going to be in this area? Can we target this area? What can we find? Who can we partner with? Um, because we truly want to be um, everywhere. We we already feel that arts and culture is part of every person's life. It might not be a recognized part of somebody's life, but it's there. And, and so we want to make sure that we continue to bring focus to that, bring relevancy to that, and um, just continue to make our state a better place. And for many people that are listening, um, they know that the, the relationship that I have also with the Cultural Advocacy Network of Michigan and that many of us have to, to take it upon ourselves to advocate here in the state about mm -hmm. arts and culture, about the importance of mac to our communities and to the vibrancy for our state to really take us to the next direction and you allison really through your leadership years ago came up with these incredible worksheets that actually give details for every county so you can see or every district so you can see the power of the state's money which you guys are amazing you stretch so little for so much um it's not so little like hey yay it's increased this year but like you know it's 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 amazing the the breadth of programs that you guys are able to touch but you have these incredible tools that people can use correct for we advocacy we do yeah they are these these are tools that you can get off of our website so you don't even have to call us if you don't want to but we're happy to happy to help you um if you're if let me take this back. So if you're in your community and you want to know what are the grants in our district, in our house district, our Senate district, our congressional district, your county, or just your city limits, we can help you develop a sheet of what is happening. What are the organizations? So yes, Josh, we do pre-make district sheets for all of our elected officials. We put them on the website. They're always for the previous year's funding. So you can see for whatever district it is, what the investment is that we're making, how many total grants, but we also list it by program, uh, the organizations that are receiving the funding and how much. So you can, the, these, these are a great tool for legislators to say, this is what we know for sure is happening. But if you wanna change that information up and, and target it down or be specific for a, a tighter geographic area, we can help you with that too. We can, 
we can look at, um, we call them advocacy reports, and we can develop them for regions, communities, counties, and so that you can pull and say, not only what are um, the organizations that are being funded in this community, but we can find out, um, we can pull information that talks about revenues, direct expenditures in communities, how many people are attending events, how many people are employed, do they have volunteers, um, uh, what are their, what do board members not necessarily look like, but the numbers of board members that are serving on these organizations. And these are great tools to share on a local level with city, city and township um, commissions, school boards, um, and also with your state and federal legislators. They're people too. And they want you to, I, well, I don't know. Do they want you to tell them? Yes. I don't know if they maybe want you to, but you should be telling them how you want the money spent in your community. <laughs> yeah. And you guys are just such a wealth of knowledge because these grants allow you to capture that data. And that data is so critical for the advocacy conversation. So mm -hmm. for anybody that's listening, if you aren't, you know, at, at a minimum, print that sheet when you go and meet with your elected official and just like use it as a cover sheet for whatever you want to talk yeah. about and say, I just want to remind you this is what's happening in our state and in our district. And it's not about the entire state always to your elected official. They want to know what's happening in their district to their constituents. And so yeah. grab that sheet. It is so readily available. And yeah. if you didn't just hear this from Allison, she just signed her and her staff up for a lot of work for amazing data <laughs> that they could pull for you. And I'm kind of already like, I'm like writing this down. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was well, like, we can, we can find that out. Like, oh yeah, let's get that information. And I'm not going to lie. I'm a total data nerd. I love it. I love running those reports. I, somebody will call, I ran one not that long ago. Somebody said, could you pull for this entire, and I'm like, what counties you need? And I'm just like, yep, I can do it. I love it because that's how you find out. Right. Uh, I mean, we, we get the big statewide numbers. You know, I can tell you that the U S Bureau of economic analysis will, will say that, that, Arts and cultural production in Michigan is a $15 or $15 billion business in our state. I can tell you that over 600,000 youth are engaged in arts or in arts and education based programs. I can tell you that over 24 million people had free admission to events in our state, that there was over 35 million people that attended arts and cultural events in a year, that there's over 5,000 board members on our on the arts and cultural organizations, that there's over 30, there's over 35,000 people employed, that there's almost 60,000 people that volunteer, right? I can roll off all of these big numbers, which we have, and we know from the data we collect for our state, but those numbers are huge, right? And, and it's sometimes, you know, it's, I think about it when you, when you think about big corporation budgets, right? I'm like, you just got to start knocking some zeros off to make sense to your own personal budget, right? And that's what it is. I mean, we have the big statewide numbers, but when you want to talk locally and, and see what that impact is and see how it is, there's, we have the ability to be able to focus it down. And all of a sudden, it's not some big, you know, big, huge number that, oh, yeah, there's 35 million people that attended an event. Okay. But now, but wait, in our community, we had X amount that attended events. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's great to have the big numbers, but then the small, the small numbers to see what's really, truly in your, you know, square mile of the world or whatever it might be. So, and it's fun. It's fun to see it and compare and look. Um. It is fun. <laughs>
also just adds to the value proposition when we're having these conversations with anybody Mm -hmm. to convince them about the importance of arts and culture in our state. And one thing that I'm so grateful to um, the council and the, the National Endowment for the Arts and also the Cultural Advocacy Network of Michigan is we came together about a year and a half ago and said, storytelling is so critical to the work we're doing. This data tells a story. The conversations that you're happening at the grassroots level is a story we have to tell. And we have to ensure that those stories are elevated. And so through work that we've all been doing together with Fresh Coast Perspective and the podcast and the council and the, the advocacy um, network, we're, we're trying to tell more stories and we're trying to elevate stories so that way we can shine light on the people that are making this work possible. And so, Allison, from the council's perspective, why is that important to you all? Why is that important for the state? And and why are why are you guys engaged in that work? You know, st- storytelling is a key part. I think storytelling has been a part of has been a part of not only our lives, but it has been part. Storytelling has been a part of of humanity's lives for for as long as we've been around, right? There's always been the storytelling. It's the storytelling of remembering our moments that are that are important to us, uh, but it's also you, you learn about others, you find those connections and it becomes the sort of the life thread, right? Uh, so for us, we wanna think about, we think about it in two ways, right? I We always think about it for the organizations that we work with. How can we help them tell their story to show off the work that they're doing, the amazing things that they're that is happening within, whether they have four walls or it's out in uh, in a public space? But how how do we help tell the stories of the organizations and the amazing opportunities that they have? But then it goes back to the person, right? Uh, one of my one of the the a fun exercise that I've been part of a long time ago was when we start to think about arts and culture, all we as individuals, a lot of the time, people start to think, oh, that's not for me. <clears throat> that's for somebody else. That's a place that I don't really understand. I don't really know about it. And so I'm not really an artsy person. But then if you start taking it back farther to get it to the, the personal side and say, do you remember the first time you heard music? Do you remember being painting as a child? What is one of the earliest childhood memories that you have that is something to do with art or music or dance, right? And and then all of a sudden the conversation changes and it becomes, oh yeah. I mean, you look at little babies, right? One of the first things that little babies start to do is dance, right? When they hear music or they jabber and kind of sing songs. They love the music. They love the dance. They, you know, finger painting, whatever it is. This need for individuals to, to be creative is is I feel something that you're born with. And a lot of the times people lose that along their journey of life, or maybe they don't lose it. It just gets lost along the way. And so I think that through storytelling and telling the stories of the organizations and the stories of the individual, that it's it brings that back up, right? And when you start feeling that again, all of a sudden it changes of, how you look at things, how you want to engage. And all of a sudden that that building that sits up, uh, you know, down the street or whatever it is that you never felt you were part of, all of a sudden you realize, oh, that is that is part of me. That is on my block. Like I, I can be, well, I feel welcome there. And oh yeah, 
look at these amazing programs that they happen, right? So I love the idea of pushing who we are as organizations and the offerings that our communities have, and then helping people to sort of tease out and bring back to the surface that, that, that arts and culture, that creativity that has been part of us from, from day one, and how do we bring those together? So, and it tells the journey, right? How in a million years from now, if humanity is still around, how, how are they going to remember us? What is going to be our story from a million years down the road um, that they'll remember us and see us by? So, Allison, I love that you talk about story time from such a holistic perspective. And I think the power of your leadership at the council is you make everything so relatable and you, you're able to eloquently tell a story that helps people see the importance of arts and culture. So I just say kudos to you. This podcast has been <laughs> so much fun today. I'm I'm just obsessed. Um, and it makes complete sense because it's always fun to talk to you. Um, but through this, these stories that we've been telling, um, you've really helped showcase and show me the stories that are happening both in our sector and, and that are happening by our sector but also the partnerships and the relationships that are happening with non-traditional arts and cultural organizations. And I know that that's another one of these strategic goals with the council is to engage in those conversations and, and facilitate more of that. Can you talk about what a non-traditional organization might be doing within this field? And then also like what that relationship looks like for you all at the council? Yeah, so we've been, one of the things that uh, I try to keep in mind all the time is that if I am going to push or uh, push is maybe too strong of a word, but encourage organizations to find new partners, new relationships, then we better be doing that as, as a council as well. And so, for example, one of, uh, one of my new favorite partnerships that we've been working on the last couple of years is with Veterans Affairs. Uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs, right? So I think about them as a non-traditional partner because you shake your head and you say, hmm, right? What do you all have to do with Veterans Affairs? That's, there's very specific needs of veterans. And what I, what I try to find, you know, find and look for is where are ways that we can help all these other agencies like Veterans Affairs, for example, uh, how can arts and culture play a role in the mission that they're trying to provide too? You know, we're, we're working at identifying what are, what are arts and cultural organizations that are providing programming for veterans right now? There's uh, a couple in our state that offer free programming for veterans or discounted admissions. And that, those are all wonderful. But what's the next step, right? How can we uh, promote and push ways that veterans uh, can take a part in programs that help with their their journey of healing, uh, of being back into a community, back into a, a family, a family lifestyle that maybe they've been away from, whether it's through a deployment uh, or, or maybe they were located in a different area of the of the country and now they're back, you know, settling down in Michigan. How can we play a role in in part of that journey of their of their life now? And so, supporting and finding ways to support. Um, uh, healing um, arts and arts-based therapies in part of overall planning for healthcare, not only for veterans, but I think in people in general. How can we, how can we find ways that arts and culture is an outlet for 
emotions, for telling stories, for finding ways to communicate with others that uh, maybe has not been thought of before. How can we promote veteran businesses? How can we help identify veteran artists that are that are creative and want to create? But what about what about veterans in our communities that maybe don't have a need, uh, you know, a strong desire to be the creative, but they want to give back and volunteer in their community, right? How do we make sure that our arts and cultural organizations are those welcoming places for veterans and their families to to volunteer, to find employment at, or just know that they can come and be there with their families? So. Uh, you know, there's, I think there's a, a wealth of, of opportunities that are out there that we haven't even tapped into. And it's having conversations and getting out on the road and, and attending events that you might not, uh, we might not necessarily have thought about being at before. Uh, I think about it in terms of, of, of folks that are in somehow affected by our correctional facilities, whether they're, they've been incarcerated or maybe they have a family member that is incarcerated. How can how can arts and culture play a role in in that process of, of self discovery, of healing, of building back family bonds, about sense of community own and community pride and engagement? Uh, what about those folks that are in the healthcare system, right? What how can arts and culture play a role in in holistic care? in, again, that whole idea of expression and maybe words don't come to mind when you're in a certain situation, but maybe you can write them down on a piece of paper. Maybe you can can write a song, a melody. Maybe you can draw um, or paint or take a photograph that is a new outlet and a new way for you to uh, engage and, and communicate with those around you. really hope they're they're taking in the power of what you guys are doing. And I think that artists and creative folks are really the change that happens in our communities. Mm -hmm. Often they're doing exhibits that are exposing and addressing needs in a community, human needs, social needs in a community. So that way it's not just about thriving. It's about so that everybody can succeed. Everybody can feel valued. Everybody has some a reason to exist in our communities right mm -hmm. and i think how lucky we are in this state that you guys could just be giving out money and that would be enough but what you guys are doing is saying we know that if we are having the conversation at the top level in our state about the role that arts and culture has with all these different agencies that will trickle down that what does that do for people in our state to create, to make, to do right. differently, to execute their projects? And so I hope people that are listening to this really grasp that and the power that you you and the council having these conversations, starting these ideas, moving things into action, what that's going to do down the line. Um, and I know that this is something that you, Allison, have been passionate about for years and have been doing, and we're seeing that. And and through the stories that we've been telling this year, we've been able to talk about some of those things because of the work that's already been done. And so I just hope that people grasp the importance of that because we think about that, you know, so much on the local level, right? Like, how can I, how can my mission solve the needs of the community? Yeah. And your mission solves the needs for other people to solve those needs. But but you guys are doing additional work, imperative work for the state, which is just 
to be commended for. So I hope that everybody's really mm -hmm. taking that in um, and then starts to engage in that and support mm -hmm. you guys in that effort. And if, if you call and say, hey, I need you to be at this conversation with Veterans Affairs, that you say yes, because we need yes. those people as part of this work as well. Right. Well, I think, you know, that's, that's one of the things we think about, right? We, at least for us, I for me, I think about when I used to work at, you know, at a local level and organization, you, I feel like sometimes you get caught up in always coming back to those that are already in the yes side of things, right? How do you continue to keep your subscribers happy? How do you, your season tickets, the people that are coming through your door? How do you can, you know, we, I think we focus on the needs and the wants of those, those folks, which we should. And I don't mean to, to say that we don't, we shouldn't be doing that. Uh, but there's this whole other side that, that if we take a step back and say, it's not always about us achieving our mission, right? All the time, but it's, wow, you maybe are working with kids in a trauma center, right? All of a sudden you say, wow, I have art, an art therapist that works on staff that is doing, maybe it's a um, an art therapist, teaching artist, yoga instructor, meditation, all kind of wrapped in one, right? Which we see a lot when, we, when we're talking with folks that all of a sudden you say, how can we, how can we work together? How can we partner? You're, you're working in these trauma-based centers. Have we thought about trying a, you know, a, a quick pilot project it maybe starts with five people or 10 people. How do we just start a conversation to say, you know, at our local senior centers that, that have folks that maybe can't drive and are isolated to say, we have a busing system already in place that we take patrons from, from our, our, you know, museum. We, there's bus tours, right? I mean, I've, I've been on them. You'd get on the bus and you drive to another museum because the museum that you're part of hosted this thing. What happens if we say, why don't we take that that busing that we do for our patrons and, or that you pay for that ticket and take that busing and, and talk to a local senior, senior living center and say, we can fill this bus and come to this event that has, you know, maybe there's some accessible seating or there's assisted listening devices. There's a quiet room maybe or, or an afternoon performance. And all of a sudden we, we think a little bit differently about is it always bottom line to our dollar or is it helping another organization fulfill their mission of quality of life for a, a particular population? So I think sometimes, you know, one of my downfalls, I hear it all the time. You know, my husband always says, you just want to help and feed everybody. And, and I do, you, you ever come to my house, I'm going to probably offer you six meals before you leave in two hours. But I, you know, there's that sense, you know, I want I want people to always feel that they belong, that they feel welcomed, uh, and that, and that I want, you know, and help them. Right. I, uh, and so that spills over into the work that I do. And, and so finding ways to connect, finding ways to, can, to engage and just thinking about those that we sometimes don't think about that are part of our communities. Arts and culture as always. And likely always we'll have to make our case as to the importance we provide to the community um, mm -hmm. for that support. And, and artists feel this to their core every day. They're fighting for that every day. Arts organizations, we're fighting on their behalf as well as our own behalf. And these, these relationships, you know, we've talked about this, Allison, these relationships are what help solidify that. And 
and knowing that like, oh, I work with an art therapist. If there's just art around people at all times, people think about the folks that are building our bridges, that that is an artist, mm -hmm. like an architect is, is an art form. And if we right. start to expose and talk about those things more often, how does that change the conversation? How does that change the right. paradigm that we have? And, you know, hey, maybe someday we won't have to, you know, make such a strong <laughs> case for our importance. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're getting there. Value? Yes. Yeah. It's that recognized value, right? I mean, I think we all, we all have that. We all know that it's there, that it's around us, but we don't have it as a recognized value in our lives. And, and I think finding new avenues to work and having the conversations and being there and being supportive of new ventures is how we change that. It's how we change that. Allison, thank you so much for joining me in the podcast today. Let's just do this every month. This is like so much fun. <laughs> oh my gosh, you would be so bored of me. <laughs> it's, no. it's been so good. And thank you so much to you and the council and all that you guys are doing. If folks are listening and they want to know more about the council or they want to get some of these uh, congressional district um, sheets or they wanted to know more about the strategic plan that's come out for this this year, where can they get more information? Yeah, make I'll try to make it as simple as possible. If you go to michigan.gov slash arts, A-R-T-S, you will land on our webpage. And from there, you'll have, you can have a plethora of information about all of the grants that are available, our regional regranting program, way to, ways to contact the council, upcoming meetings, our strategic plan, our annual report, the district sheets, our funding plans, you name it knock on wood, it should be on there. So michigan.gov slash arts. And if you are a grantee, make sure you go to michigan.gov slash arts and download the new logo and put it on your website <laughs> and all of your flyers. So, <laughs> and she didn't even pay me to say this. I am just doing, doing the good work. <laughs> Allison, thank Great. you so much. Oh, thank you, Josh. It's been a treat to spend some time with you.